The VGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 622, recorded on August 25th, 2021. Hello and welcome to the 622nd edition of the TV Gaming Podcast and 455th episode of Video Game Roundtable. I am TJ Denzer. I am Scott Kirk. And I am Jonathan. The VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game news from around the industry. Alright, so Gamescom, is it still going on or did it end? I thought it ended. I didn't know if it was more than one day. Still sort of happening? Okay. Well, this past week was Gamescom, and there's a lot of stuff coming out of it. Um, EJ, was there anything that really interested you? Uh, yeah, there was a few things. Um, they they did an update on uh, the, t- the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, and yeah. uh, confirmed April O'Neil as a playable character. <laughs> okay. What does she fight with? She fi- she uh, beats them up with her camera. Oh, that's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> she always is lugging that thing. Uh, what's it called? Yeah. Um, it's not it's even like a, a handy cam. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty awesome that she's a playable character. Uh, did the did the tunic demo? I thought I heard there was a new tunic demo. I think at Gamescom. I thought. Uh, I didn't see a tunic demo, but. Um, okay. Park Beyond looks dope. It's a uh, it's a theme park creator from the Tropico devs. Yeah. Tunic was not at, at Gamescom, but they, a lot of stuff has been coming up about Tunic lately, mainly on how Zelda-like it's becoming. And they did have the demo on Xbox Live, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. I didn't play the demo, but I know it was there. Um, Lego Star Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga finally reappeared after being pretty quiet for a long time. Oh, who cares? A lot of people. Those after Rise of the stuff. Jedi, no one cares. Uh, no, not nah. Rise of the Jedi. No, um, the uh, the last Skywalker or whatever the ninth episode was. Care or don't care about the movies. The Lego Star Wars games are dope as fuck, and a lot of people care about them. I guess. <laughs> but you have to care about them. I mean, Indiana Jones wasn't really that popular as much as the other ones, even be- partly because it had the stupid uh, Crystal Skull uh, episode in it. Yeah, but Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga has like every single movie in it from Episode One, the really? original trilogy, and the new trilogy. So it's like it's nine movies packed into that game. You're not going to use that as a segue to what, you, what we've been playing. Um, I stopped playing 12 Minutes, which stars, by the way, Daisy Ridley, who is, uh, of course, uh, uh, lead character of the, the, Star, uh, the Star, Skywalker tr- Saga trilogy. God, I hate that title. She, she isn't even a Skywalker. She just took the name for herself. So, yeah, I'm Skywalker now. No, you're not. <laughs> Kylo Ren had more of a claim to the Skywalker name than you did. 
You're a fucking Palpatine, as if that wasn't stupid enough. Yeah, it, it, the whole trilogy was very disappointing. Uh, they, I think they should have had a better overarching story. They didn't have any of... overarching story, that was the problem. They didn't know yeah. where everything's going. They, they hired a guy who's famous for having a stupid magic box, when he doesn't seem to understand that the person who built the magic box at least knows what's inside. You can't make it up as you go along. J.J. Abrams seems to have a problem uh, finishing what he starts. He starts something and then seems to leave it, and, and, and then goes off and does something else. Well, he likes to leave clues and then say, you know, someone else is going to explain it. Yeah. Ryan Johnson said, fuck that. <laughs> and then he went on to uh, get an Oscar nomination for Knives Out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Something that J.J. Abrams will never have is an Oscar nomination for writing. Maybe a Razzie, but not an Oscar. Anyways, um, 12 minutes. Here's the problem I had with it. One, you know, I couldn't tell it was Daisy Ridley or, or James McAvoy. For one thing, they're not a, they're not American, and they're putting on American accents. So it's like you have these British actors putting on American accents, and I can't recognize either voice. Just why even put American accents? Just use your regular voices. No one's going to care. Do you think anybody's going to care if you have two British-accented people doing a game? Really? And that said, Willem Dafoe uh, sounds like, I don't know, he sounds like he's trying to do his impression of of, um, any given protagonist of Deus Ex. Either it's J.C. Denton or the other one. I forgot. Not Alex Denton, but the other one. Jeez, I I can't believe I forgot his name. Who's the, who, who the protagonist of uh, Deus Ex Human Revolution again? Um, something Jensen. Yeah, Adam Jensen, right. He's, he, it sounds like Willem Dafoe doing an Adam Jensen uh, impersonation. And second, I'm not really into real-time adventure games. So, as much... As much fun as I have was playing with the alternate histories. It's just like I kept on fighting stuff and, you know, I have to keep timing all this perfectly. I didn't want to do that. So I stopped. And I figured, you know, if I want to do it, I'll do it later or I'll watch a, a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear it's, uh, it's just like a very, uh, like, for all of the things that you can do, there's just a lot of outcomes that are just very ridiculously abrupt and then, like, story that just, kind of peters out at various Some people points. say it makes no sense. Uh, the, yeah. The actual ending. Um, and then, for the first time in 25 years, I played Quake. The first one. Because uh, it was released on Game Pass, and um, I got it on PC, and I decided to get some achievements for, for my knowledge of Quake. And one thing I noticed that I'd forgotten about, sort of, kind of, was that it was ahead of its time in particle effects. It was the first true 3D FPS, you know, because Doom and and, and Duke Nukem Forever, all those games were basically 2D games just with uh, three uh, with 2D models put in a 3D space so that, you know, if you look down at something, they just got a weird angle like with a build engine and all that stuff. Quake had everything in 3D and even had its bullets in 3D. It had these tiny little um, when you when you fired the uh, the nail gun, fired all these little uh, 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 pyramids, these sharp pyramids at people. Mm-hmm. And when things jibbed, they just exploded in different directions, leaving blood trails. 
I don't know. I think I started it wrong because it didn't start with the Trent Reznor music that I'm used to. I have to figure out which is the actual Quake One and not just an expansion, you know. But Quake Quake surprisingly holds up. Have you played Quake lately? Uh, no. There's another game that's a lot that was built on. Um, well. Actually, I, I did play Quake. Iron Maiden. I think it Iron, well, not Iron, Iron Fury. Well, it was Iron Maiden that's Iron Fury. I think that was the one that was the Quake clone. Oh, there's a bunch of them. Um, 3D Realms is still making a lot of games like that these days. And then there's also, uh, oh, what's the name of that group? Um, I think it's New Blood Interactive. They made Dusk, which is a, which is a Quake-like is it a quick like? I thought it was a doom like. I'd have to play it again. Um. Yeah. Um. And then there's also uh, Diabotical, which was actually made from the ground up based on the Quake Three Arena engine. Um. I love Diabotical. I think it's the I think it's the best modern example of how a of a Quake style arena shooter should be. Yeah, Dusk was Quake like. It's a, it was a true 3D. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, there's a... I have not... Like, I occasionally dabble in... in what's the word? What's the version of it? It's like Easy Quake, which is a version that is like freeware and... Uh, meant to be and built to be used on uh on new systems but it's kind of like it's really kind of a hassle to to it was really kind of a hassle to use easy quake i like the idea of the new one because you don't have to go through a myriad of console commands in order to make it work by the way when i said it was the first time in 25 years since i last played quake i'm serious um i bought quake back in 96 i played it a bit and i let it go and then I played a certain game called Unreal Tournament, and I didn't play Quake anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you always had that, that split between Unreal and Quake, Unreal Tournament. And Quake, Quake 3 Arena was the one, it just was so slippery and fast, and I didn't like that. I liked Unreal Tournament with the heavy footsteps and the head bobs and all that stuff, so it felt like you were in a body. That was my shit. So, and that also influenced me to make Quake, uh, um, make Unreal Tournament levels and distribute them. I also made a. I, I'm semi-famous with my Heroes of Might and Magic 2 and Heroes of Might and Magic 3 maps. They still appear on these compilations, and I don't see a penny from them. I say, yeah, yeah, go ahead and use it. I don't care. <laughs> mm-hmm. So people will recognize, oh, you did Evil is Good? Oh, and all that stuff. So. But yeah, I played Quake for the first time in a long while. And then, um, for the past 24 hours, I've been playing a lot of Psychonauts 2. Um, and he- here's my impression. Um, Psychonauts is a better game. In, in terms of platforming and all that stuff. There's something off about Psychonauts 2's combat and platforming. And part of it is that, um, you know when you make that balloon that you can use to float down to uh, areas? Now it has a timed expiry, and it expires very fast if you're not using one of the uh, wind tunnels. And that's thrown me. 
I've fallen off edges a lot more in Psychonauts 2 than I ever did in Psychonauts. And I played Psychonauts last week. And the levels, they're creative, but they they never seem to reach the heights of the first Psychonauts in terms of creativity. You know, there's nothing like the Milkman Conspiracy. There's nothing like Lunkfishopolis, although one level in which um, you're on a bowling ball rolling through a city full of germs tries to mimic it, but in that I feel like I'm playing um, either Marble Madness or Super Monkey Ball. The story is engaging enough, but I will say this. um, When I stopped playing last night, it was 5.30 in the morning, and I haven't done something like that since when I was playing Ultima or or Railroad Tycoon, so I must be doing something right. Uh, for those who don't know, Second Off has been getting rave reviews. I've seen nothing less than an 8 out of, out of 10, and most of them have been 9 out of 10 or 10 out of 10s from people. I just don't think it's as good as Psychonauts. Um, and it's it's happened before. I mean, Portal 2 is nowhere near as good as Portal, even though the Portal is a lot shorter. You know? And it's not be, me being, you know, a hipster um, anything but. I just know, you know, but uh, they learned a lot of lessons, but um, they made all new mistakes. Hmm. I really liked the game. I uh, I played Which it one? all the way playing, through. Playing Psychonauts two. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I played it all the way through from beginning to end. Okay. I uh, like. I really enjoy the story. I really enjoy the, the, the two main threads that they went with for this one. Um, and I really like the aspect of, well, I don't want to spoil anything, but don't like, spoil anything. it's, it's way too nice. It was released yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I really like the characters that they introduced that serve as like the core, like the okay, core so interactions. We can talk about the fact that, um, the Psychonauts 2 introduces the six founders of the Psychonauts. Yes, I like all of those characters. They're interesting characters, yes. Um, and, like, the twists that they had with some of the, like, I, I enjoyed the twists. I, I really do yeah. enjoy the narratives. And the narratives I will say this. Um, I think they did a really good job on the story. The identity of the, ma- of, of the, the villain... "Quote unquote villain." Halfway through, um, and Ford Crawler explains it all. I was not—I was not quite expecting it. I was not expecting the story to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. I know they were—they <clears throat> were setting up the villain to be an anti-villain, you know. But then they had that little twist that says, "Oh, okay." <clears throat> yes, I, and I, I, I. It also explains retroactively why Ford Crawler was so interested in Raz in the first game. It now makes a lot of sense why he would take a special interest in Raz. Because it's extremely personal. There's a per- there's a connection there that Raz didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Come on. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I, I just think, like, uh, from the twists to the way that the characters played out to the way that they're... the brain levels played out and, like... It's it, that game is full of funny and sad and just absolutely gut twisting moments. 
I will say, um, I know they give a recap in the beginning of Psychonauts 2, but this is a game that absolutely requires you to play Psychonauts to really get it, and fortunately it's on sale for 99 cents on Steam. Or if you're on Game Pass, you can just get it for free. But um, there's no reason not to get Psychonauts right now. Because it's 99 cents. It's, a, it's, it's less than a dollar. Just, just shut out the money for it. If you impl- intend on playing Psychonauts 2. By the way, um, I did post on Twitter. Um, I'm one of the major backers of the game. Therefore, I got my own brain. And I posted it on Twitter. Uh, I know you saw it because you liked the picture. Did you, did you visit my brain in game? I did see it. I actually, uh, I, I was going to post it at you if you didn't post it at me first. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I remember you telling me you backed it, and so that was yeah. when I saw that. It well, was I was a major backer. Like um, yeah, I backed it for $840, which included all the dudes. That, the only thing I haven't gotten from them yet is the digital bonuses and the Raz plushie. Mm-hmm. I will say this. I want a Mr. Pokelope plushie instead. <laughs> Um, if he, if for those who don't know, in the very beginning of the game, uh, I think Oleander is the one who's holding up a a, a little po- Mr. Pokelope uh, plushie. For those who don't know, Mr. Pokelope is a turtle with a crown on its head. <laughs> yeah, but like, I really like the I really like the new powers they went with too. I, uh... What's interesting is that some of the powers he does not have, like, I know that shield would have come in very handy during the game, and he does not have that power anymore. Yes. That, that um, to me, was a strange thing to forget. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice that you don't have to, like, earn some of the basic things again, though. Like, it, it would make no sense for Raz to have to relearn things like levitation. Um... And so it's nice that you just get that from the get go, and you don't. It's, it's it's like I hate that in like games like Metroid, where like she's super powerful by the end of it, and then suddenly all those weapons go away, and you start from scratch in the next Metroid. It would make no sense for a character like Raz to to completely have forget all. He, yeah, he has like five pow- five six powers, and he starts learning more. Um, I know there are some powers which I've not gotten yet, and that's um, one of them is the uh, the mental projection power, which in which you summon a paper version of you. Which sort of reminds me, it sort of reminds me of a, like a shout out to to uh, Paper Mario. That seems to be a uh, difficult thing for game developers to balance is when you're starting a new game with a character that's supposed to be experienced and powerful, and how do you uh, keep them? From feeling too powerful, you know, you have you, you want them to have a beginning on well, a lot of these games. Here's the thing: the powers that he gets are the same exact powers, except now you can level them up. Yeah, that at least makes sense. I think that works. Yeah, you couldn't level them up in the first game, but you can level them up now, and you can buy badges that increase their increase their potency. You know, if you can, you wear up to three pins. Um, there's also something else. It's on the tip of my tongue that I want to bring up about that. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the things about the levels, though, is... One of the problems I have with the levels is that it isn't quite always obvious where you can go. For the first time in a Psychonauts game, I dealt with invisible barriers. You know, that wall of invisibility that say, Nope, you can't go there. Which was a little bit surprising to me. 
we have to talk about the hit, but I think that has something to do with the history of the game. For those who don't know, when it was being developed, they didn't have enough money to complete it. As a matter of fact, if they didn't get Microsoft buying it and supplying it with cash, they weren't going to have any bosses. Which yeah. would have been weird. Yes, because the bosses are a really fun part of this game. So far, uh, the boss I the boss thing I really liked was the um, overcooked boss, in which you're you're creating dishes. Mm-hmm. And if you do it within a certain amount of time, you get half a brain. Yes. Um. But yeah, like. By the way, um, one thing that. I think it's so underrated that people didn't notice is that all the voices, all the voice actors return, but they all sound exactly the same. Yeah, that, Especially, is, that is extremely interesting, because it's been like 16 years since the first game came out. Well, I mean, um, there was Rhombus of Ruin, but but yeah, I mean, and the actors who played them are obviously 15 years older, but some of them are very old. And uh, one of the things that was sort of disappointing is that there's a croupier... In one of the in one of the in one of the uh, mine missions, and he's saying his lines, and I recognize those as the lines from Grim Fandango. And I'm thinking, you know, if K. Cooter was still alive, they would probably definitely have him doing those lines. And it's kind of, it made me a little sad that we couldn't have uh, K. E. Cooter voicing those lines. Yeah, I mean, like. Yeah, the, the the dialogue and the delivery in this game is just top notch. Even for having that much time pass between the the first game and even Rhombus of Ruin in this game, it's just that's that's a huge part of what makes it so good. Is the line delivery throughout the game is just amazing. Let me put it this way: if you played Psych- if you right now played Psychonauts, then the Rhombus of Ruin, and then Psychonauts two, you would think they were made back to back to back in three years. Mm-hmm. You would think they were, and by the way, um, Psychonauts 2 takes place three days after Rumbus of Ruin, which takes place one day after, um, actually the same day as Psychonauts. So all of this is happening in basically the same week. These three games, even though it's been 15 years. Yeah, they literally make it happen. They literally make it sound like the, the time between Psychonauts 1 and Psychonauts 2 is like two weeks. Not even less. It's even less. It's even like less than that. And um, as a matter of fact, um, Coach Oleander has his his plans for those battle tanks again. And Raz says, "Are you sure you're not going to take over the world?" And Oleander is very shave shifty about it. You know, and he says, "Oh, that was like years ago." No, and Raz says, "No, it was three days ago that you were doing all this shit." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah. But yeah, the, that, that, that mid-game twist I was not expecting. Yes. Like, yeah. The, I, I, can, I can keep going on about how this story is just... I, I, it's one of my favorite narratives that I've seen in a video game in a long time. And I think it's delivered well by the dialogue. I think it's delivered well by the level design. I think it's delivered well by the the way they set up the characters and their interactions and their relationships. They really like, I don't think that the, 
You know, the, um, I I, I will say that the 3d platforming is actually pretty dang good too, because like it is really finicky to get 3d platforming. My problem is that Psychonauts did it better. And the only reason why Psychonauts got a demerit for me is that the last levels included a, a timed escort mission. And it's like, no, don't do that in this kind of game. No. Um, I don't know. I, I, I really liked, there was like a, there's like a magnetism in that game in which it like sort of draws you into interactions that it thinks you're trying to do. And I really, I really appreciate that. It's, it's really frustrating when you think you should be grabbing a, a ledge grab and you just fall to your death. And I can't say that that happened to me a lot in Psychonauts 2. What happened to me a lot. And I had just been playing Psychonauts. And I, I think that might have been the problem is that, I don't know, I, I think the, um, the level design in terms of platforming, not level design as an artwork and theme, you know, are not as good as Psychonauts. Um... There's one level that I knew exactly what was going on, um, and that is the Five Senses level, which I felt really bad, even though it was supposed to be upbeat, because I knew exactly what was going on and who that person was, uh, because I'd been spoiled on his identity by 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 Double Fine, unfortunately. Um, and I knew what was going on, and it just made me feel sad as, as that level went on. As he was regaining his senses... And, by the way, um, the game begins with a, a warning, you know, saying, these are real psychological issues, blah, 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 right? And it seems, when Ubisoft does it for their Assassin's Creed games, it seems more like a um, disclaimer, you know? Yeah, no one no one attack us for this. No, um, in, in, in Psychonauts 2, it's a genuine statement, because it takes psychology very seriously. Uh, and... It, while it's while it's a very funny game, it doesn't mince. It it takes the psychology very seriously, and all these people are broken in very real ways. I mean, it deals with subjects like alcoholism and and post traumatic stress disorder, and um, you know, and all these other these other issues, and it takes them very seriously. And the very first level that you do. Raz literally tries to change someone's personality. Uh, what was that game um, about that girl who's able to do that? I'm trying to remember the name of it. Uh, don't forget, uh, don't forget me. Or uh, what was it again? Which one? Oh, that game about that woman. Um, it was by Don't Not actually, uh, who could um, change people's minds. Trying to think. Uh, oh, remember me. Okay. Remember me was the name of the game, um, and she was able to change people's minds and change their personalities. And this game, the very first mission, serves as a rebuttal to that, and how fucked up that is, and how dangerous that is, and how, you know, how irresponsible that is, and it's something Raz has to apologize over and over for. Mm-hmm. Because whether you like it or not, that's mind rape. Yes. So the rest of the game makes 
sure that you're not he he, he you you don't fix people in it. You it just provides help them. a sense of weight and consequences for fucking with other people's heads. Yeah. <laughs> Which you, I appreciate a lot. You don't fix people in it, you just help them solve their own problems. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the – although I will say this, <laughs> during that mission, you're connecting different ideas, and you can connect some really batshit ideas together and hear her reaction to it. Like um, uh, socks with sandals equals good. <laughs> that sort of stuff. And just hearing her commentary, it won't move forward because it's the wrong, it's the wrong connection. If there was a game like that, I wouldn't mind it because it's just hilarious. But, there's, a bu- there's a bunch of hidden interactions throughout the game that are really fun. Yeah. Uh, again, I can't. I don't want to go into spoilers, but there's a uh, there's an interaction. If you try to leave the last uh, the last brain level before you've done what you need to do there, um, Ford Crawler will basically come out and yell at you about it and yell at Raz about it. That's one thing that I don't like is that there's no save anywhere in it, like there was in Psychonauts 1. When yeah, you try to quit, it'll tell you how, how many minutes and seconds there are since the last autosave. And that, to me, is just chintzy. I, just, just allow people to save, damn it. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, it, it's I, I definitely literally... need that. Because, uh, I mean, real life comes in and says you need to get off the game, and it doesn't matter how far back that was. I need that control to be able to... Save and get out. I mean, on the other hand, it is like the most repetitive autosave in the history of autosaves. It autosaves when you enter dialogue, when you leave dialogue. It I don't know. It told me once that it, that it was two minutes, uh, three minutes since its last save. It's like, I actually uh. tested it. Like it, if you, when you leave dialogue, it autosaves. When you enter a new area, it, uh, area it autosaves. When you start or end a cutscene, it autosaves. Um, it's pretty generous. The only reason I would say it needs a manual save system is like, what if you don't want it to autosave? What if you want to save it when you feel like saving it? The two save files. I mean, hey, you can do um, additional save files. Yeah, that's the other thing. Having multiple save files, um, I tend to be like that, where I need to go back if there's something I didn't like that I did. You know, like the game. Here's the thing: the game does. Uh, the game knows that um, it allow you to keep playing levels over and over and over again to to clean up every missed collectible. Right. So, so it's like it's not going to let you go forward unless you solve a level, and even if and if you have, but you want to get everything else, so you can just do it after all the events are over. Right. The collective, like, and, collective unconscious. And, and it's not really like as much as you have choice of dialogue options in the game. It really is kind of like a, a it's a it's it's a one way river as far as like the story goes. It doesn't really you're not going to get a good or bad in, or uh, or ugly ending, but. I still like having a manual autosave because sometimes there's a part of a game that I really enjoy and I want to keep a snapshot of that place so I can play it again later. And you can't do that if you don't have a manual autosave or a manual save. Hmm. Yeah, I have multiple saves on Psychonauts for that. Like when you have Mr. Pokelope and you want to show Mr. Pokelope to as many people as you want. Because here's the thing with that scene in Psychonauts 1 is that... um, 
You literally just walk two feet to complete that mission, but the game has reactions to Mr. Pokelope from everybody in the game. Everybody in the game will have a reaction to Mr. Pokelope. Their own individual... So, And that's actually a Steam achievement, is to show Mr. Pokelope to everybody, even though... Even though you would never do that if you were playing it normally. So... But, um, like I said, you know, if you're going to play Psychonauts 2, get Psychonauts 1 for 99 cents and play it first. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't complete the last mission, and by the way, you don't need to complete the last mission. Just if you get stuck on the very final levels, just watch the ending on YouTube, then play Psychonauts 2. I actually, um, actually, I did play, I did play Rhombus of Ruin recently because it was on sale for do- uh, $2. So I got to play that before, uh, po- uh Mr., uh, uh, Psychonauts 2 as well. Nice. It's yeah, I really enjoyed Rhombus of Ruin as well. It's a it's a fun VR adventure. Yeah, I mean, there's no platforming. There's just you know, keep on tri- uh, making your mind move through points in the thing, which is fine. Anyways, we're good. <clears throat> How about you, Scott? What have you been playing? I've been playing uh, Cold Steel 3, so I, I finished up Cold Steel 2, and now I'm uh, playing the, the next game in the series. So from being a student to a teacher, so now you're teaching the same uh, class as you, you played in, but with uh, new students. And at a new branch campus, apparently they, they open another branch campus for the school, Um and it's rather interesting because uh, things are happening in the background, uh, kind of again. And so I know something's brewing, something's about to happen, but I just don't know what yet. Um, so it's and it, like I was saying earlier about balancing the uh, characters. This is, you know, like in the last two games, I got my character up to like level 130 and he had like 10,000 HP. And now it's all the way back down to like, you know, 5,000 HP and level 10, so it's, you know, it's always that kind of weird, you know, how do you keep the character feeling experienced, but yet, you know, have a uh, beginning where you're not as strong and you have to build up again. And uh, yeah, you, you get a new Arcus unit. It's like you get a new Arcus unit every single uh, game in the in the, cloud, in this, the trial series. And so you have to get new, uh, new quartz and unlock your slots all over again. Uh, it's just a shame that the links don't seem to matter in, uh, Cold Steel series. Uh, they do mention that though, um, that the previous games had links and so you don't get as variety of spells, but you can at least specify what spells you want. So you do like a high level spell instead of having low level ones. So that that helps. Um, so that's what I've been playing. So have you been playing anything else other than Psychonauts 2, uh, TJ? Um, <coughs> I can't talk about the other one yet, but I will talk about it next week. But no, other than that, I, I played Psychonauts 2 for review, and I played it all the way to the end. And uh, I'll tell you what else I'll <coughs> next week. Okay. Anyways, we're going to move on to game news, then. The first news item is, The Saints Row reboot will be exclusive to the Epic Games Store on PC, and this comes from some PC gamer. 
Coalition has officially unveiled the next Saints Row game, a complete series reboot with a different cast of characters and a brand new region. The cross-generation game is coming to every season version of Xbox and PlayStation uh, consoles when it launches on February 25th, 2022, but the same can't be said for PC storefronts. Uh, Deep Silver spokesperson confirmed today that Saints Row will be a timed Epic's Game Store exclusive. Deep Silver wouldn't clarify how long the exclusivity period will be, but if the arrangement is similar to Epic Steel's for big games like Metro Exodus and Borderlands 3, Saints Row will probably be Steam-free for at least a year. So yeah, the Saints Row reboot was announced, and um, people are not happy with it. And here's the thing. I don't mind if it's less toxic than the first few games. Um, uh, That's fine. But I also see they're they're saying it's going to be more quote unquote realistic. I don't want that from a Saints Row game. I mean, I want to be able to get into a garbage truck and, and spray poo on people as a mini game. I want to do the streaking mini game. It's perfectly fine to not be toxic and edgy and all that stuff. But if I wanted to play Grand Theft Auto, I'd play Grand Theft Auto. You know. On the flip side. Johnny Gad is entirely left out of this reboot. Oh, that's okay good. I that. mean, that's fine. <laughs> but you know who else is left out? Your own customizable character. Yeah. And I want to play with my my guy with a thick Cockney accent again. <laughs> it's just... I, I, I have a feeling that the Saints Row reboot will sell nothing. It won't sell at all. Because it's not what people want from a Saints Row game. You can play, you can you can be less toxic, but at least allow people to create their own characters and then, you know, do some weird, wacky mini games. I mean, is there anything toxic about ha- uh, killing people with an 18-inch dildo? Yeah, that that is a weird thing to say. Like, let's make this game less toxic, but you're still killing people, and. I don't know if anyone asked for this to be remastered or remade. I, I don't mind a reboot, to tell you the truth, because I really didn't like the direction the story was going. I mean, yeah, it was fun and wacky, especially when he goes to hell and stuff like or heaven or whatever. But on the other hand, I want to have some agency in the game. I want to have my own character, and I want to do weird shit. Because if you're going to put people in... Uh, give people the ability... To uh, dive bomb from an airplane and crush little old ladies, they're going to do it. You know, let 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 people go nuts in the game. You know, having the, the game in w- the mini game in which you get in a garbage truck and just plant poo and garbage all over apartments for points—that's fun. TJ. Yeah, I would agree. I think I would just say that, like, I don't know. I think it's it's kind of a rubber band effect, in my opinion, where, like, they went so off the deep end with uh, Saints Row 4 that... Do you think? They, feel like, they felt like they needed to ground it a bit with this reboot. That's what it feels like to me, anyways. It's still silly, but, like, it'll remain to be seen, like, how much it captures the old mood. I, I, I don't know. I'd ra- if they're going to do this, I'd rather just reboot Red Faction. I would be absolutely down with a reboot of Red Faction. But um, for those who don't know, Red Faction and Saints Row and Agents of of uh, what was it? Agents of um, their superhero game. 
they all take place in the same universe. You'll see um, when you play Red Faction, you have the Ulster Company, which is a, a car- uh, which is a company in, in Saints Row, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like it's it's interesting it's just the direction they've gone with it because I agree with you. It is very it is almost I wouldn't say too grounded because it's still kind of cartoonish. I mean, there's a straight up roided out biker man looting rocket high tech rocket launchers, and I just think that like and then. I don't know. Like, I, I, I think to a certain degree it is tuned, it, it is way tuned down to, compared to Saints Row 4 because almost anything would be. But I want to see more of like what the gameplay is going to be like and I want to see like what, what we're in for when it comes to like actually doing things out in the world of this game. On a side note, it's using Unreal Engine 5 and it seems like there's a lot of Unreal Engine 5 announcements lately. And Microsoft is saying they're all in on Unreal Engine 5. A lot of their games are going to be running on it, like uh, uh, State of Decay 3. Yeah. It's like, I, I'm. Have you seen some of the stuff that people have been putting together with uh, Unreal Engine 5? There's like a game, uh, uh, Wukong, I think is what it's called. Yeah, yeah. That game looks gorgeous. The way that they're messing with like light and and shadow effects in Unreal Engine Five looks freaking incredible. And if they bring that to uh, Saints Row, I would like to explore that city. Yeah, I mean um, <clears throat> they're using Unreal Engine Five for uh, Hellblade Two and um oh damn it. what they're using it for Fable. They're using it for. Um, uh, the reboot, uh, Perfect Zero reboot. They're just—they're using it for almost everything now. Anyways, uh, speaking of Microsoft, take the next one, TJ. Okay. <clears throat> um, Halo Infinite info revealed at Gamescom from Eurogamer. Hot on the heels of Halo Infinite's release date announcement, Microsoft has released a new video for the game and revealed a Halo Infinite-themed Xbox Series X and a Halo-themed controller. Microsoft showed off Halo Infinite's multiplayer Season 1 cinematic intro, which reveals Commander Commander Agrina dealing with brutes in a futuristic London occupied by the Banished, uh, the new new antagonist faction in the Halo universe. The Halo Infinite Xbox Series X was revealed with dark metallic paneling accented by iridium gold. Above the armor, there is a custom star pattern, as seen from the surface Zeta Halo, that extends to the top of the console and onto the fan. Below the stars, the top top vent is accented in Cortana-themed blue. Also shown off was the Halo, or, or yeah, the Halo Infinite Limited Edition Elite Series Two, which cost one hundred and eighty dollars. Halo Infinite will arrive, will finally arrive on PC and Xbox on the eighth of December. Microsoft also announced co-op multiplayer would not be included in the launch till three months after release, while Forge would be released six months after. There's a lot of people upset about that, but I'm saying, well, do you really need to play co-op multiplayer day one? 
on a single. And by the way, by co-op multiplayer, we mean in the campaign. Yeah, and I mean yes, I I like playing through those games with other people, and it's like yeah, but do you need to do it uh, for day one? How about just play the get through the the campaign by yourself, and then have all your friends do it. There are a lot of people out there that. It's magical when you do it the first time with somebody else. It's not the, you don't get that magic if you're waiting three months to play through the campaign with somebody. I guess, but you know, you don't have to play it then. <laughs> That's true, and a lot of, and like I've talked to a few people that are like, I'm just going to wait three months to play it then. Because here's the thing: uh, multiplayer is going to be free, mm-hmm. and you can just do that for a while. Yes, correct. It's interesting that they decided they're going to add a like that they're going to make this big old deal out of the multiplayer where it has its own separate story from the single player campaign. They did that before with Spartan Stars, didn't they? I don't remember. That was. Are you kidding me? Spartan Stories. They had they had weekly stuff for that, and it took a lot of effort from the team too. It was really draining for them to do those. But uh, the the first season is Heroes of Reach, which. Uh, that's some good topic. That's some good topic material right there right out of the gate. I'm happy for that. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's interesting that we finally got a release date too. Finally, because it was like everybody was waiting to hear about that. And December. It's kind of shocking to me because um, Halo, the original Halo, launched in November, I think, twenty second, uh, uh two thousand one. Something like that. It, it, it released in November, and everybody was expecting Halo Infinite to be released in November too. Yeah, and I, I'm just like I think a lot of people are just happy that it's going to stay in 2021. I think it sucks that they had to cut some content and push it back to and delay some some things back to make it work, but. Uh, I guess the fact that, like, it's it's good to see that it's still going to land in 2021 as long as things continue to go smooth. Well, they want to have it because it's the 20th anniversary, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, regarding the Halo Infinite Xbox Series X, I, every scalper got a huge heart on seeing that. I'm going to say, it looks really, really good. I, I was ambivalent about the, uh, the Halo Infinite joystick uh, gamepad, but the Halo Infinite Xbox Series X looks gorgeous. Have you seen it? Uh, yes. It does look very good. I really enjoyed the look of that. I really hope that they have a... They do the um, Xbox Access plan with it. Because one thing that scalpers don't like to do is have to pay for the... Uh, pay a monthly uh, fee for Xbox Live Ultimate. Uh, Xbox, uh, Game Pass Ultimate. Which is, I think, the only reason why I was able to get it from GameStop because I did the uh, I did the uh, access deal as well. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we're gonna move on to the next item. Go ahead, Scott. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Uh, Final Fantasy IV's Pixel Remaster is out next month. This is from PC Games N. Square Enix has revealed that the classic RPG game for PC4's Pixel Makeover is hitting Steam on September 8th, just two weeks away. 
the Pixel Remaster comes with an updated 2D pixel graphics that have been redrawn with modern hardware in mind. They've even been created by the original artist Kazuko Shibuya. Uh, the game has also got rearranged soundtracks, improved gameplay with updated control controls, and modernized UI. There are other quality of life improvements, including additional extras like the uh, B-Seri illustration gallery, music player, and ability to save at any time. Uh, see, I love that. The first three, three Final Fantasy games in the Pixel Remaster series launched on Steam last month. There's also Pixel Remasters for uh, Final Fantasy V and VI next up, uh, though there's no release date for them. I will say this, though. A lot of people complained about the UI in 1 through 3, <clears throat> that the text was all wrong. I mean, it's too small yes. for them. There was a, a mod for it already. I think there might be more than one <clears throat> mod uh, fixing the text uh, width. I think that's what it was. It's, like, too narrow. Uh, so I guess it's hard for some people to read. Um, but, you know, that's that's fine with me if you know if people want to do that and you can use it. Um, I really like that the, the music is uh, reorchestrated now. So that that's a, a nice feature to have. And the graphics look really, really good on these Pixel remasters. They, they look very enjoyable. Have you played them, either of you? The remasters, no. no. I've yeah. played the originals. Um. Yeah, I I think it's cool that they, like I've I'm planning on picking these games up when I when they're all out, and I'm hoping that they eventually do a bundle deal on them because buying them one at a time seems. Eh. Yeah. I I I would kind of like them to just bundle the whole collection together when it's when it's all out, and I can Steam. just pick it up for one kind of cheaper price. Yeah, Steam is doing a bundle sale, like pre-order sale, but I know what you mean. You want Square Enix to package it together. I don't know if they'll do that or not. I mean, I, I can understand why, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. don't know why they would use the graphics for Ariel Narrow with a drop shadow. For what now? <laughs> for uh, Final Fantasy 1 through 3 oh, Pixel Remaster. The, the fonts, okay. Ariel Narrow, okay. I, I, uh, I don't know. That's that's what I think people were complaining about that they should use a different font. Um, but they should just use uh, the uh, the Nintendo NES font. You know those big fat fonts. Yeah. Yep. That was that was easy to read. I I don't know. But if you, I mean, maybe you can supplement any font you want. Uh, if you can modify it, I mean that's that's the nice part about being on the computer. You can make any modification you want to the game. I'm sure somebody will make Thomas the Toy Engine somehow in this game. They did, they did it to uh, Thomas the Tank Engine. To Mescu. I, 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 mean, I have no clue how they did that. <laughs> I'm sure Capcom didn't want them to do that, but they, they modders found a way. So I would not be surprised if like Cecil returned into Thomas the Toy Train. I, I don't know, or or Macho Man Randy Savage <laughs> going, oh yeah, every time he attacks. TJ? Yeah. Um, this is supposed to be all the way up to six, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, because we have the Final Fantasy VII remaster, and who knows when that's going to be done. I would really like to play Final Fantasy VI in, a, in, a mod, in, in this style. 
You know, a lot of people tell me that Final Fantasy VI is the best of the series. That yeah. is a very popular opinion. I, I can see that, definitely, because I, I feel that it, it has one of the most uh, grimmest of stories of, of, of the, uh, in the whole series, and I really, really enjoyed the characters. And it, it, it doesn't, I, I think it doesn't have a happy ending. You know, it has kind of a bittersweet one, and I don't want to say spoilers in case you know anybody wants to play this for the first time. And but it just, it's, you know, it just, it's a very grim kind of uh, story, I think. Uh, but it has excellent music, really fun characters that I think you care about, and some maybe some really goofy moments. Uh, yeah, so I, I definitely think it's one of the be- best ones. Uh, you know, the, the whole 4, 5, and 6 era of Final Fantasy is my favorite era of Final Fantasy. That was definitely my uh, era that I played as a kid on the Super but Nintendo. There are also so many iconic things that come from Final Fantasy 6, uh, like mm-hmm. when people think of the series, like... I don't know. I, I think I feel like the Moogles have been around for a long time, but they definitely were like the best in Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, actually, I'm not sure if the Moogles. I'm not sure if there were Moogles in the previous games, four and five. Hmm. I can't remember. But um, but also like the the suplexing the train thing, which is just like yes, one of the <laughs> most pop, one of the most legendary Final Fantasy memes of all time. Um. Um, you, you could suplex a train and then use Phoenix down on it to end the battle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then just straight up Kefka is the f- most fucked up villain in all of Final, in pretty much oh, all yeah. of Final Fantasy, because he literally wins. That's what I was saying. He wins. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he he wins, and then you're just kind of cleaning up the mess. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just like crap. Now I gotta. Gotta start from square one. Everything has been thrown back to the Stone Age, and now you gotta start all over. It's just, it's, it's. Wild. And there's like, there's like straight up characters that you have in your part, characters that you've been traveling with throughout the game up to that point can actually die before you can make it to the end of the game. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's like an optional thing. It's like if you don't make the right choices, you lose them. Yes. I was like, it was Shadow, that was one of them, and, uh, but yeah, you could complete the game with just three characters, mm-hmm. and so it's, it's, it's pretty grim. Yes. So, yeah, like, I, that's, I'm, that's kind of the one I'm waiting for, but also at the same time, like, I just want to get all these games in one bundle at once and just fiddle with them in my spare time. Yeah. I can understand that. Okay. Well, anyways, look for our show notes at GamingPodcast.net, along with industry news and our gaming history articles. We enjoy a few exclusive comments at our blog at GamingPodcast.net. Also, sit up at, at also us up at Facebook.com/slash/GamingPodcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us some iTunes comments. You can find me on Twitter at Jonah Falcon. You find me at Johnny Chugs. You can find me at Shark Moore. And we will see you next week. Happy gaming, everyone. Have fun. Be cool. Play games, y'all. <laughs>